So, uh, a few years ago, uh, LeBron James, who is arguably one of the greatest basketball players in the history of the NBA, uh, LeBron James uh, was finishing out his contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was drafted by Cleveland and played for them for seven years. And at the end of his first, uh, second contract with them, he was going to go to another team. He was becoming a free agent. So uh, he and ESPN came up with a 75-minute television program called The Decision. And this was a program where he would announce where he was going to play uh, his next uh, few years in his career. Uh, the only good thing that came, in my opinion, the only good thing that came out of this colossal waste of time uh, was uh, the fact that they donated all the proceeds to charity, which is cool. So at the end of 75 minutes, LeBron gets up and he does this thing. He says, this is what he said. He goes, in this fall, this is very tough. In this fall, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach and join the Miami Heat. I'm going to take my talents to South Beach and play for the Miami Heat. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if you, you know, uh, went to your boss tomorrow and said, this is tough and this is really tough, but, but in two weeks, I'm going to take my talents to McDonald's and join the management team there. Or you said to your boss, in, in two weeks, I'm going to take my talents to U.S. Steel and I'm going to join the team over there. Or if your kid came up to you and said, uh, this is tough, this is really tough, but in two weeks I'm going to join the Jones family because they got a better Xbox than we got, and so I'm going to take my talents to the Jones family. <laughs> right? It'd be crazy, you know? Take my talents to South Beach. Who do you think you are? You're a basketball player. Uh, anyway, I'm not a big basketball fan anymore. I, I used to be. Back in the day, you know, when NBA was good, you know, Larry Bird and Michael Jordan and all that. Yeah, but anymore, I, I, yeah, I know, I know, I know, right? You know, go football. Anyway, um, anyway, uh, when it comes to talents, you know, we all have different talents. We all have different abilities. We all have some different gifts. Uh, and, and how do we use those gifts? You know, how are we supposed to use our gifts? How, how can we be better stewards, better managers of the gifts that God has given to us? And God is the source of our gifts. He is the one who has blessed us with the talents, gifts, and abilities that we have. And so how can we use our talents, gifts, and abilities for Him? That's what I want to talk about today. We're going to continue on in our series called Open Hands. And the reason I call this series Open Hands uh, is because when we sometimes will consider our gifts of time, talent, and treasure, we tend to... Uh, use closed hands around them. That when it comes to our time, when it comes to our talents, when it comes to our treasures, we tend to, to deal with them with closed hands. And there's a problem with that. One, uh, we were never meant to hoard our gifts, whether they are gifts of time, talent, or treasure. We were never meant to hoard them all to ourselves. In other words, in, in, in we are supposed to be a blessing to others. We are supposed to bless people with the gifts, talents, and abilities that we've been given. So uh, what happens is we think, well, this is my talent, this is my time, this is my treasure, and, and we close our hands around it. And the Bible says that we are, to be, we are blessed to be a blessing. That we are blessed to bless others. Uh, the Bible says, uh, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, he said, we will be enriched in every way so that we can be generous on every occasion. We've been enriched in every way so that we can be generous on every occasion. In other words, we are blessed to be a blessing. 
And when we wrap our hands so tightly around our gifts of time, talent, and treasure, we cannot give them away. And that's what we're called to do is we're called to give away our gifts. To, we're called to bless others with the blessings we've received. And so uh, not only does it cause us to kind of, you know, keep us from blessing others with our gifts, but it also means we can't receive any more gifts from God. When we have our hands so closed around our gifts, we can't give them away and we can't receive more. And the reason God wants to bless us with more is so that we can give more away. That's what it means to be a good steward. A, a steward is someone who is a manager of someone else's property or possessions or money or resources. And God has entrusted us with gifts of time, talent, and treasure in order to bless others with them and to be good stewards of them, to be good managers of them. And if we are hoarding them all to ourselves, we're not being very good stewards. We're not being very good managers. And so we need to open our hands and bless others with the gifts we've received so that we can receive more and then continue to bless others. And bless and bless and bless. So when our hands are closed, we cannot receive and we cannot give. But if we'll open our hands, we can give away the blessings that we've received and receive more so that we can give more away. That's what it means to be a, a good biblical steward. So last week we talked about time and investing our time in other people and in our relationship with God. I am convinced that there's only one thing that lasts forever, and that is your relationships. Your relationships last forever. Your relationship with God is an eternal relationship. That when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, by believing in Him and turning away from sin and repentance, confessing your faith and getting baptized, that God washes away your sins, He fills you with the Holy Spirit and gives you spiritual gifts. But not only that, but he, you enter into an eternal relationship with God that will never end. And so, what are you doing to invest your time in your eternal relationship with God? That's one question. And then the other relationships that last forever are our relationships with one another. That all believers in Jesus are going to spend forever together in heaven. And some of you are thinking, wow, that's great. We'll be together forever. And some of you are looking around the room going, oh, that's great. We'll be together forever. But it's true. So what are you doing to invest in your relationship with God and your relationships with other people? How can you invest your time in your relationships with others so that you will encourage them and they can encourage you so you can build them up and they can build you up and so that we can help each other follow Jesus better? Because we're going to be together for a long time. So get to know one another. Join a connection group. You know, get to know the people in your group. Get to know the people who are here in the same service as you every weekend. You know, we're going to be together, for, like I said, for a long time. Next week, we're going to talk about our treasures and how we can be generous with the blessings God has given to us, the financial gifts and the, the resources that God has blessed us with and how we can be better stewards of our financial uh, resources. But today, we're going to talk about being better stewards of our talents. And in a, in a message that I'm calling, uh, I'm going to take my talents to church. Uh, and so uh, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture from the book of Romans. Now, the book of Romans scares me. Uh, when I first started preaching 21 years ago, uh, about my second year of ministry, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to preach through the book of Romans. Now, I'm an idiot, okay? We know this. I'm a moron. Uh, and I was a much more of a moron back then because uh, I thought, I can do this, right? I'm 24 years old. I can preach through the book of Romans. What I did not realize, there was a preacher in the 1500s who decided he was going to preach the book of Romans, and he spent 30 years doing it. 
and he got through chapter 8. He spent 30 years in the first eight chapters of Romans, and he died before he could finish the book. So uh, I quit preaching the book of Romans after about three weeks, and I said, all right, I've had enough. I liken it to swimming in molasses in January. Uh, is, is the book of Romans. Now, I love the book of Romans. It's a great book about God's grace and about God's mercy. And Paul really explains a lot to the church at Rome. The Apostle Paul talks to the church at Rome a lot about God's grace uh, and what it means to live under grace. And so it's, it's a great book. It's my second favorite book of the Bible behind the book of 1 John. Uh, but when it comes to uh, preaching it, I, I tend to stay away from it. But today I'm going to dive into a, a little passage of Scripture from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. And I call this the bridge. This is the bridge between the first 11 chapters and the last six chapters, or four chapters or so. Uh, and so uh, the first 11 chapters of Romans are very theoretical, they're very theological, uh, explains a lot about our faith and why we believe what we believe. And then the last half of the book is very pragmatic or very practical and how we can live out God's grace. So today we're going to kind of talk about this bridge passage uh, that bridges the theoretical with the pragmatic. Uh, so if you've got a Bible, turn to Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 1 through 8. If you didn't bring one, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 803 of that Bible. Uh, or you can follow along on your favorite app on your smartphone or tablet, however you want to follow along. And we'll put the words up on the screen as well. We're going to take this passage in three sections, and, and we're going to kind of go through this quickly. I'm not going to do it justice, and I apologize for that. Um, but I, I really, uh, I think that this really forms the basis of good stewardship of our gifts. So chapter 12 of Romans, verses 1 and 2. The Apostle Paul writes, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now I'm going to stop right there. Uh, one of the things you've got to know is that the uh, book of Romans, this letter to the church at Rome, was written in ancient Greek. And the ancient Greek word for mercy there is not singular like it appears in the English. It is actually plural in the Greek. And so what Paul is saying is that in view of God's mercies, of which he writes about in the first 11 chapter, all the ways that God has mercy on us, and God has mercy on the world, and God has mercy on, the, on people, uh, in view of all these mercies that God has for us, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, when you think about a sacrifice, you tend to think about an animal sacrifice from the Old Testament. And what would you do to an animal sacrifice before you sacrifice it? You would kill it, right? And so when you think about this term, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, it sounds like a contradiction in terms, like jumbo shrimp. It doesn't make any sense. It's too close to lunchtime to mention jumbo shrimp. I'm sorry about that. But it's got, it sounds like a contradiction in terms. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. In other words, submit and surrender daily to the will of God. You've got to crawl up on that altar every single day. This is your spiritual act of worship, he says. Jesus said that if you want to follow him, you've got to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him daily. So it's climbing up on that, offer, on that altar every day, offering yourself as a living sacrifice. That is how you worship God spiritually. That is your spiritual act of worship, Paul says. And then he says, when you do that and you surrender and submit to the will of God, then you will be able to know what his will is for your life. 
And it's when you offer yourself daily as a living sacrifice. Well, then he goes on to talk a little bit about humility. Verses 3 through 5. He says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So we are a body. As Christians, here at GFCC, we are one body. Now we have different parts and different members of this body, and we, we all have different functions, and we all do different things. But we are one body, and we work together to help people follow Jesus. That's our mission here, is helping people follow Jesus. And so we're going to work together to do that. And not every part is going to have the same function. Not every part is going to have the same purpose. But we all have a purpose, and we all have a function, and we all play a part in the body. And Paul says, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather be humble. And I love C.S. Lewis's definition of humility when he said this. He said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Man, does that make sense. That's a good quote. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, and we tend to do that. It's false humility. Oh, I'm such a horrible person, I'm such a terrible person, I'm not very good looking, or I'm not very talented. You know, we get down on ourselves, and we think that's humility. That's not humility. That's false humility. True humility is when you consider others better than yourself, when you consider others more important. And you put others' needs and others' desires and others' benefits before yourself. That's true humility. So Paul says, do not think of yourself more highly than than you ought, but rather be humble. And humbly come before God. Realize just who it is that you are. Instead of thinking so highly of yourself that you think you're indispensable. We'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, this idea of being a body is something that Paul repeats in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. He says, Just as a body, though, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And so we are many different parts of the same body. And it's important that we remember that we do not all have the same function, but we're all important. Every single one of us is important. We'll talk about that in a second. In 1 Corinthians 12, 25, Paul said there should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. We should not be divided. We should be united as one body. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And again, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Be humble and realize that you're a sinner saved by grace. And God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And he has a purpose for you here at GA. You're not here on accident today. You're not here on accident. God wants you to be a part of this family. And he wants you to have a role and a, part, and a purpose and a part of this family. Let's finish out this part of the, the chapter by reading verses 6 through 8 where Paul talks about gifts. He says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. And he lists these gifts. And this is not an exhaustive list by any means. But he lists these different natural, uh, supernatural gifts, talents, abilities that God gives to his people through the Holy Spirit. And if you have these gifts, he says, use them. Use these gifts for God. 
and use the gifts that you've given. And, and you may think to yourself, well, my gift isn't that important. You know, or I don't see my gift in that list. You have a gift. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have a gift. And you need to use your gifts for God. We'll talk about that in just a second. But when it comes to those gifts, and you may think to yourself, well, you know, Sean, you've got the most important gift. You're the guy who gets up and preaches. No, I'm just part of the body. I'm just one part of the body. Or, or Brandon, he plays guitar and he leads us in worship. You know, maybe his gift is more important. Nope, all gifts are, our gifts are equally important. Or Sherry, she's in charge of children's ministry. You know, her gift is really important, and, and, it, and it is, but it's no more important than anyone else. We're all important, but not all, not a, no one is indispensable. Everyone is important, but no one is indispensable. And so when it comes to this idea of humility, we need to remember that, yeah, we're important here. You are important. We need you to play your part. We need you to do your function. We need you to, to be part of the body, but you're not indispensable. I'm not indispensable. The preacher's not indispensable. What? No, especially the preacher is not indispensable. None of us are indispensable. You know, the church has been around for almost 2,000 years. And, and unless you were there at the very beginning, which I don't think any of you were, but unless you were there at the very beginning, you know, it's, it's existed for 2,000 years without you and without me. GFCC, our church here, all right, we have been in existence since 1920. In two years, we're going to have one heck of a party. We're going to throw a 100th year anniversary in two years, uh, and uh, we're going to celebrate the 100th anniversary of our church. Now, I've been here for 11 of those years so far, and the church did ministry, did great ministry for the, the first uh, 87 years before I showed up. And you know what? My prayer is that it'll do great ministry for the 87 years after I'm gone and after you're gone. The church uh, needs you but you're not indispensable. None of us are indispensable. The church can still do ministry without us. But the church does better ministry with us. And so you are important here. And we need you to fulfill your function. We need you to fulfill your purpose. The purpose that which God has for you and has given you gifts to use for his glory. So we're glad you're here. And we want you to keep coming. And we want you to use your gifts. We want you to use your talents. We want you to take your talents to church. And don't just sit on them. Use your gifts, use your talents, use your abilities to bring glory to God. God gave you talents, so use them for Him. You should use your talents for God. Whatever your talent may be. And I have some suggestions. Just a few. You know, if you have a talent for, for playing an instrument well, or if you have a talent for singing well, notice the word well. Some of you can sing in the shower, and you sound great, I'm sure. Sure you do. I sound great in the shower. But when I'm up here singing my lungs out, I can see Brandon wincing like, oh, dude, man, I got earphones in, I can still hear you. But I love to sing. I'm just not very good at it. And I can play guitar. And I love to play guitar. I'm just not very good at it. So I'm not up here. This is, I preach. And I'm pretty good at that. So that's what I, this is my talent. This is my ability. This is what I do. But if you can sing well or play an instrument well, talk to Brandon. He'll audition you and let you know, no, you can't sing. No. <laughs> can do it much more gently than that, I hope. But, uh, but when it comes to using your talents and abilities, if you have talents for, for performing, you know, let Brandon know and he'll audition you. Or if you can, if you, can, if you have talent for technology, 
You know, we have a great technology team in our worship team. All this stuff that happens, all these moving parts, you know, when the lights come up and go down, you know, that somebody's doing that. And, and it requires a lot of concentration and focus. You cannot be dug from up uh, the dog, you know, and go squirrel, you know, and, and, and totally forget what you're doing. You can't have ADD and, and operate the screen and the lights and the, everything that goes on uh, up there. But if you have a talent for technology and you can do multiple things at once, we'd love to have you talk to Brandon, you know, about joining the technology team. I always used to make the joke, well, you know, if you can press the space bar, you can run the screen. No, no, you can't. No. It takes a lot more than that. And like I said, we have some super talented people who do a great job at making all these parts work. One of the things you got to do is follow my notes. And like, follow along with me when I'm preaching. That's a job in and of itself. But if you have that talent for technology, by all means, get involved. Use that talent. Or if you have talent for technology and you're like, ah, screen, you know, sound and all that stuff, maybe not my... In children's ministry, we have technology that needs help. We need people to help out with the technology in, children's depart in the children's ministry. We need people to, to help children follow Jesus in a fun, safe environment. And that's what our children's ministry does. It's about helping kids follow Jesus in a fun, safe environment. And so if you love kids, we would love for you to get involved in our children's ministry. Talk to our, our children's pastor, Sherry, about how you can get involved. And, and maybe it's, it's teaching. Maybe you like to teach little kids about Jesus and Jonah and Jacob. Or maybe you like to teach kids uh, about, you know, you, maybe you could be a helper. It's like, man, I don't know if I can get up and teach in front of kids, but I can help them. Then get down there and, and help those kids. Or upstairs in our cherubs and nursery area, you like to rock babies, you like to teach little ones, you like to get down on the floor and run around with them. You know, by all means, talk to Sherry and say, how can I get involved in your ministry? And it's such an important, vital ministry because those little kids, they're the future of our church. And they need to know that Jesus loves them and that he's got a great plan for their lives and a great purpose for their lives. And if you can do that, we would love to have you talk to Sherry. Or if you want to help middle schoolers learn about Jesus, talk to me after this service and say, I'd love to help out with that middle school group that's meeting during the services. Meets during all three services. And it's sixth through eighth graders. And I know that sounds terrifying. As a father of a seventh grader, I know it's terrifying. But if you've got a heart for middle schoolers, talk to me after this service and let's, let's get you involved in that middle school ministry. Or if you like teenagers in general, we have a youth group for junior, senior, high kids that meets Sunday afternoons from 3 to 5.30. It's called UFC. It stands for United for Christ. It's a ministry, combined ministry of our church and the First Church of Christ in Highland. And they get together uh, and, uh, every Sunday afternoon, 3 to 5.30. And we need sponsors for that youth group. Talk to me after church about how you can get involved in our youth group. Or maybe you can host or facilitate a connection group. You know, Brandon, our associate pastor, is in charge of our connection groups. And maybe you can get involved in the connection group, uh, leading, uh, hosting, facilitating a group. Talk to Brandon and say, you know what, i got a heart for that. I, I, I have a talent for, for hosting a group. Talk to Brandon. Or maybe you have a talent for leadership. Talk to one of the elders about how you can get involved in the leadership of our church. Or you have a talent for generosity. You know, is there a project that I can give toward here at GFCC that's going to help more people follow Jesus? Or a talent for encouraging. We have a ministry called Baskets of Blessings. And it's an encouraging ministry. And get involved with that with Sharon Chumley. Or talk to Sean Case, Deacon of Outreach, and, and how to do more outreach to let more people know that Jesus loves them and that there's a church here that will welcome them, you know, here in our community. There's all kinds of ways that you can use the talents and abilities that God has given to you 
You know, maybe it's a gift of mercy in helping people. Maybe you have a gift of, of helping people uh, and, and you want to do something like a, a, a car care clinic for single moms. Wouldn't that be cool? You know, maybe you got a talent for working on cars. You can say, you know, we're going to do a car care clinic at GFCC for single moms uh, who need oil changes or brakes done. And we're going to put something like that together. If you've got an idea like that, come talk to me. We'll make it a reality. Because we want to do whatever we can to help people follow Jesus. And that means being good stewards of the gifts, talents, and abilities God has blessed us with so that we can do just that. I want to take my talents to church. And I hope that you want to take your talents to church. And be a good steward of the talents God has given you so that we can make an eternal difference in the lives of people and we can see lives changed and God glorified and destinies transformed. And we can do that with the power of God and with the Holy Spirit within us and the talents, abilities, and gifts that God has given us if we will open our hands and take our talents to church.